Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today... We're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Just Runner is a massive week for video games and PlayStation things this week. I'm so excited that we finally have a showcase, Scott Tilford. This has been so long overdue, yes. and I'm really eager to stay up, do a bit of extra hours content on this, <laughs> and uh, hopefully get some new games. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to try and cover this as much as possible. The showcase itself is about an hour long. It is Sony's first showcase in almost two years. Crazy. Ridiculous. There's been a lot of state of plays across the last few years, but this is the first time they've come out and said, look, PlayStation showcase about an hour long. We have loads of different things to show. Uh, Jim Ryan himself said he's aiming for total mind share. He wants to absolutely <laughs> dominate the discourse hashtag. I love your Johnny Jim voice, by the way. He loves it, man. He kind of get enough of the games, man. So, uh, yeah, we're going to see what gets announced, and we've each made our predictions. We have about five ridiculous predictions overall. So we'll see how things go. Um, I want to open on two words and two letters, Spider-Man VR. Dude, right, you are so over- putting too many eggs in this VR basket. It's we nice were talking egg. before we jumped in recording, and uh-huh. your affinity for the idea of a Spider-Man VR, like, I I love VR. I'm like the biggest You're the VR, VR man. I'm the VR guy. I like, I'm the big VR spokesperson. Uh-huh. And even I don't think a Spider-Man VR would move the needle that much. But please tell me why you think this is going to happen and what's going on. How, what, how do they, it's Spider-Man in VR. <laughs> what else do you need? If, if you literally have a marketing push that says, hey, do you want to be Spider-Man? T- hit the button and you can be Spider-Man. Yeah. Jumping off the building with the thwips. No, listen, I'm not going to deny that the idea of Spider-Man in VR would be Outstanding. Right. I want to be swinging around New York in first person in VR as uh-huh. much as anyone else. I want to be riding the subway as Spider-Man. I could probably do that <laughs> anyway, do that but it would cost me thousands and thousands of pounds if uh-huh. I wanted to do that in real life. I think it would be a great no-brainer for them to mesh those two worlds. However, I just worry that I, I don't think that's the system seller. I think it would uh-huh. maybe shift copies, but I'm not entirely sure. Oh, that's fascinating. For me, it's just that idea of you know letting you be Spider-Man, the thing that you imagined when you were a kid. Obviously, there is the safety side of things where there's all the weird health and safety stuff with what is it because the thing is they've tried a version of this before on the Spider-Man Far From Home uh, VR tie-in experience thing where you finish that maybe in the homecoming tie-in as well Yeah, um, Far From Home let you explore more of the city so we've kind of got an idea of what it's like to swing around in VR and it's like it is very momentum heavy it is quite sickening, but I feel like there's hopefully a way to make that work. That's it. I just wouldn't want people's imaginations to go wild with the idea of what Spider-Man VR could be, because VR is great. The PSVR 2 is a great piece of kit, Mm -hmm. but it still has its limitations. You know, there are still limits to what you can achieve in terms of the size of the game world that you're occupying in the VR space. Mm -hmm. So I worry that you would have to throw... 
you would have to neuter the experience a little bit too much, and you wouldn't get the sense of momentum that you would want, and it would just feel not quite there. And I mm. think that if something is even a little bit off with the swinging or the combat or the movement, you would notice it immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that said, Iron Man VR absolutely rocked, and they got the yeah. sense of 360 flying in that. But even then, the environments were a little bit small mm. and the combat was kind of a little bit limited. I think there's potential. I just, I think that a Spider-Man VR 2 would be where the kind of, the dream becomes a reality rather right, than right. a first go at it. But I could be completely I'm wrong. I'm just saying you can literally make the Raimi scene where you're on the edge of the building, up, up, and away web. You can make the same, you can do the hand things. You can do the hand things. The PSVR 2 would let you do the hand things and then you could leap off and smash into a billboard. The thing is, right, and I know that a lot of people have issues with nausea when it comes to That's VR. That's what I'm saying. I think obviously. it'll make a lot of people sick. Yeah, and I think we could get the hang of just swinging around. You yes. know, we've had VR demos, you know, showing that already. I don't know how you would implement Spider-Man's moveset mm -hmm. into a VR space without making you sick, because that guy does a lot of flips. <laughs> he does. That's all I'm saying. And he I don't is constantly mean, upside down. I don't want to be a downer on this. I just, I go back to the idea that people's imaginations with VR, like, kind of like, like, say, Wild, and yeah. there were a lot of people who were disappointed with the PSVR 2 specifically because it's it's hard to sell what that machine, what that piece of kit actually can accomplish mm. unless you've tried it yourself. Mm. And you will see these radical trailers of Spider-Man swinging around and the Sony spokesperson will be saying, that could be you. It was class one. But then you'd get it on and there would be like these limitations that, mm. you know, that aren't advertised for natural reasons. And I just worry about <laughs> expectations and people being like, nah, this is no good, this ain't the future. That is fair enough to say. Something else that seems like a more dead cert of something that we're going to be getting is Spider-Man 2 gameplay. Um, you note it down. This is your reveal. You uh, note it down. A lot of Spider-Man 2 gameplay. A Venom design reveal yes. and the September release date. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like we're long overdue any Spider-Man content right now. That Very game true. was announced a little while ago. We've not seen any major update on that since. We've not seen another CGI trailer. We've not seen any gameplay. It's allegedly coming out this year. All the rumors point towards September. Mm. And I think now, a few months out from that, we want to see a big gameplay reveal. Mm. And we want to see specifically how things have changed. And this is what I want to ask you because mm -hmm. I love Spider-Man. You know, Marvel Spider-Man mm -hmm. was one of my favorite games of that year. I even enjoyed it more than the original God of War, if you can believe that. Ooh, I know, right? I, no, I might back that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. No, I wait, didn't expect uh, that. I know. No, no, no. I need to ponder on this. <laughs> I, I love Miles Morales so much that I would hold up Miles Morales individually. But right. uh, no, no, no. 2018 God of War above yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. Well, Spider-Man 2 is okay. going to sell regardless, yes. right? Spider-Man 2 is going to sell 20 million copies plus. It's going to shift PlayStation 5s. They could do the bare minimum and still probably make a great game. But True. I want them to push themselves with this. Miles Morales was excellent, yeah. but it was more of the same. It was a big expansion pack, more or less. Mm -hmm. And I want to see what they can do with the power of the PS5 because it is an exclusive mm -hmm. and give us something that really blows our minds in the same way that the first one did. I don't just want to see this follow the model of Horizon Forbidden West mm -hmm. and give us an iterative sequel. Same. I, want to, I want to see a proper revolution. I want to see what new stuff they've added on top of the already great core. Yeah, they have to have some sort of gameplay mechanic in there that feels like we didn't expect it. There's the assumptions of co-op stuff. There's assumptions of maybe you can you know dive into your friend's game and control Miles alongside Peter or whatever. I just hope they do something with that um, to like flesh it out and make it more identifiable. Because it's a weird thing because they've built this 1 to 16th scale of New York. Obviously, there's a 
lot of you know time went into that. It's like, how do you make that feel fresh when we've spent so much time in that map? I'm assuming interiors. I'm assuming SSD loading stuff gets out. They get yeah. all that stuff out the way, and you kind of deliver on what Assassin's Creed Three was going for when the idea was you could just go inside any interior. That's what the getaway was going for like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Snip into the McDonald's and elude the uh, police or whatever. It's what Arkham City did really well. You yeah. know, that kind of managed to mesh together a really detailed open world with really interesting gameplay levels mm. in those interiors. There's one thing, that, when I played Miles Morales uh, back in the, the ray tracing craze of the end of 2020 when I was like, I need that. to see what this PS5 can do. Because ray tracing, it's a gimmick. I'm I not, I don't, I, we'll come back to that at some point. But there was one bit when I was playing Miles Morales and I was fighting some dudes outside a building and there was a, a glass walled, um, you know, another part of the building. And I threw a man through that and all the glass shattered, all the ray tracing stuff, it looked brilliant. And then I continued the fight inside and I was like, is this the next generation? Is this what we do? The fact that that interior was always there, but I wouldn't know it because yeah. of the mirrored wall and everything. Yes. Do more of that stuff. Do more things where you're mixing exteriors and interiors and there's, you're not even thinking about loading because everything is just so immediate. No, I think, I think you're spot on there, man. Like, oh. I want to see more um, interactivity mm. with the world itself because like you said, we've had two games already that are set in New York City and it's a great New York City. I love the detail that's mm. in there. We've had a bunch of other Spider-Man games set in New York City with a next-gen sequel. How mm. would you make that more interesting? How would you make flying through those streets um, feel fresh when we've done Two it webs. so many before? Two webs. Like Spider-Man well, 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 can we get back to that? Because yes. I really want to talk about what I want them to do with the web swinging system, mm -hmm. but also like you said there, what can make this feel next gen? It's funny because uh, Adam Nicholas, the great Adam Nicholas is in this <laughs> room right now he is. and he's about to find out that I always tell the story about when he got Miles Morales right, okay. and he um, was like well where's the next gen stuff? And uh, then flicked it to 60 frames per second and was like oh. this actually feels different now, yes. this feels substantial. And I want that but in the gameplay and I want that feeling but in the web swinging and the visuals and all of that jazz because I just, you know, they, they don't they don't even need to fight this hard, but I mm. want to see them fight this hard. I want to I want I want Spider Man to become Sony's premier franchise, honestly. At this point, it kind of is. Like I feel like right now, you know, God of War Ragnarok was solid enough. Like obviously, like a lot of people love that game, but I don't feel like it set the world on fire the way the 2018 one did. Horizon is again solid enough, but I don't feel like anyone is talking about Burning Shores and the people that have just finished the DLC are like, it's fine, it's more Burning Shores or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of all eyes on Spidey, and obviously the Spidey's a way bigger, wider character as well in terms of like the overall. Yeah. culture sphere. I think an easy win for them is to kind of do what they did with Miles Morales and mm. give you an all new tool set. Like the mm. best part of that game, in my opinion, was the Venom abilities that Miles Morales obviously has differentiated him from Peter Parker's Spider-Man. And I just ended up preferring that moveset more than I did right. the gadgets and the sci-fi uh, focus of Peter's gameplay in the previous game. I so, think obviously this time around, you've got Venom in there. Mm. You are almost certain that at least Miles or Peter at some point is going to don the Venom suit and will get those powers, presumably. And I think that's another way to differentiate the combat by giving you those, um, literally in this case, Venom abilities. What if they ultimate Spider-Man and you just play as Venom? I'd love that. I want that way more than I want a symbiote suit again. Yeah. Oh, Much as I love Web of Shadows, I don't want that again. I want um, to be able to run around as T Tony Todd's Venom yes. in particular <laughs> with that distinctive voice. You know, your lips coming on the water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never get old, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of the swinging, just going back to that, actually, yes. just uh, as a final thing, I want to see that kind of become more skill-based in a way. You know, mm. it was so cinematic in the previous game. It was so cinematic in the amazing Spider-Man game. Mm -hmm. I think they've got that nailed, the sense of momentum. The animations are absolutely astounding, mm. especially in the Miles Morales game. But I want to see a bit more 
complexity added on, uh, kind of like how those other older games give you more freedom in terms of how you use your webs. No, man. Well, the thing is, they teased the idea of like that Tony Hawk style stunt system, trick system thing. Yeah. There was very little there, but you could do like four different spins or whatever. And then in Miles Morales, you could do the Spider-Verse, like arms behind the head thing, um, which is really, really cool. But like that was that was a bit more timing based. But there should be something in there, like you said, where you can really show off being Spidey yeah. um, and, and tie that in with all the different um, speed boosts and things like that and um, kicking off walls and whatever else. Yeah. One last thing before we move on. Yes. Do you think they'll change his face again? Third oh, time's God. a charm. Go for maybe the, you maybe one. The Adam Nicholas cheering in the corner. Maybe, um, yeah, the thing is, what was that, uh, the tweet that's been doing the rounds about name a bigger downgrade? And it was like both faces of spider men. Um, I don't know, maybe they do the original face as a DLC or something. I feel mm. like we're, st- I always forget that we changed the face because yeah. I always, when I think about Spider-Man, um, I think about that original playthrough. I didn't, I don't think about the remaster once. I didn't play through the remaster. Uh, Not the whole way through anyway. It still is good. I came mm. around to it eventually, but mm. it's like, it was kind of needless overall. Not my Peter. Final question, even though yes. I said the last <laughs> comment was a final thing on this, but do you think they'll at all tease any multiverse stuff? Multiverse is so in right now. I and really I hope not. don't think they need it, no. but... No. Well, the thing is, like back when when uh, the original one was coming out, there was all that stuff from Brian Intahara uh, um, in Insomniac saying yeah. like, "Is it Insomniac? Yeah, 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 yeah it is. Yeah." Saying um, you know that whole thing about like we got the Avengers Tower in there, and like Iron Man was the the tip of the spear for the movie side of things, and like, hey, if we get Spider Man right, then oh, we'll see what happens. And obviously, we ran with that as like all oh, the gaming MCU and whatever. Um, but in reality, the Avengers game bomb. Not that it was tied in anyway, but there was a potential to tie those things in. Like you had the Guardians game coming up, you had the Avengers game. Um, I hope they kind of keep it as their own thing, like Insomniac Spidey is like its own thing. Um, even though Insomniac Spider-Man is in the new Miles, uh, sorry, in the new uh, Spider-Verse film. Yeah. So there's Which is, a little bit of wider stuff happening there. I think it shows the impact of that game, by the way, yeah, that it yeah. has this massive crossover appeal. I uh, want to see him become an actual like character, yeah. <laughs> like other media at this point. I love that version. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm curious about that stuff. I like it being their own defined version of it. I feel like that's what yeah. Avengers was trying to do and they kind of fell down. The Guardians game nailed it, but it's like whether or not we f- uh, find that with the, the new Spider-Man, we'll see. Um, you also had down, Emma's um, another one of yours, Death Stranding 2, um, a 2024 release day, um, and also a combat showcase. It is well, beyond time. I don't want to be cynical in this podcast, okay. but I'm going to be anyway. Okay. Death Stranding 2, one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Playing the director's cut was just as good as the first time around. An unreal game. I think they have the formula down to a T. The one thing I think a lot of people were disappointed by, myself included, was the combat element. And I don't want to see any combat in Death Stranding 2, but they're obviously going to have it in there, (laughs) I think. You Uh, know, it was in the first game. I think people would have, like, warmed to it a little bit more if there was maybe a larger focus on combat. So Mm. I think, to its detriment, they might kind of show in the new trailer, if they do show gameplay, that they've refined the combat a little bit and mm-hmm. that it might be more of a core pillar. That wouldn't please me, right. but I think it might be might help shift uh, well, units. The thing is this weird, in the DLC, sorry, in the director's cut, they had the extra levels that were more Metal Geary yeah. and they were more stealth-focused in theory, but you could also just run and gun them if you want. Um, and obviously you get way more weapons and stuff. It feels like overall Kojima is... Like you know, teasing the idea of something more Metal Gear adjacent or whatever, I feel like I'm I'm just so curious what they do for a Death Stranding too. That original one felt like such a one-off, such a blank check. You know, taking you from Konami, here's your blank check. Just make something for us, um, and we hope it's Metal Gear. And it so was not. And I'm I'm really curious as how you know what conversations happen from that, where they go, okay, Hideo, you did your big dream project, yeah. and we get something a bit more mass appeal. I don't want that at all. No, I want him to be maximum Kojima all of the time. Um, but I feel like yeah, I'm fascinated 
fascinated by just how those um, you know design goals land. My relationship to this series at this point is kind of like what you always talk about with The Last of Us. Mm. I think the original Death Stranding is like a pretty perfect game, and I yep. don't know where you go from there, like you were just saying. But that's kind of exciting in and of itself. I want to see them double down on the movement mechanics. I think they got to such a great space at the end of that first game and with the director's cut additions with all of the different items and abilities that you had in order to kind of connect this this world again. I mm. wonder whether they completely change the landscape this time around and give us something mm. radically different because it was very kind of, uh, well, it was green, wasn't it? It was a lot, <laughs> lot, lot of greenery, a lot of water. It was a lot of green. A lot of mountains, and I loved that uh. for the aesthetic, and I honestly would just take that again if I, if I, if I had to choose, uh. but I think he will kind of shake things up, and I wonder how just the geography change would change the gameplay because so much of that game is just traversal and figuring mm. out the best way to get from point A to B that if you just change the geography, it just completely changes the experience. In a what way. if Death Stranding 2 is the next Tears of the Kingdom? Because they were already down that mm. road anyway of it, just build a bridge wherever you wanted, Olympus could sell. And uh, in terms of, you know, just figuring out different ways up mountains, different ladders, whatever it is, maybe you get things like cannons and whatever. They put things in the deal, in, I keep calling it the DLC, but in the director's car yeah. that lets you fire packages back to home base and you have the little drone character that's walking around. That game has the kind of same ethos as Tears of the Kingdom where it's just build your solution, like build your own way through this environment. Maybe they double down on that with the physics side of things and go banana sandwich with That would be sick. I mean, that would make a lot of sense in terms of the multiplayer component mm. that was in the first game, which, you know, I don't often think about that when I think about Death Stranding, but it was such a big part of the yeah. experience and a big part of that dopamine hit you would get <laughs> from building structures and then having other people give you loads of thumbs up. Like, that was really cool and it's a cool starting point. I want to mm. know what, like, the next-gen integration, how the next-gen integration will change that and transform it and maybe make it more robust and maybe if you get a little bit more freeform with where you can place things mm. and get a bit more ambitious with the structures that you can make. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. That could be really cool if instead of just building a regular bridge, you make this crazy improvised bridge mm -hmm. that is like your own creation that people appreciate more because it's like, well, you didn't just get this prefab thing down. Yes. You actually used a bit of ingenuity there. You can bring help in me out. Uh, like the, the Hot Wheels mentality. Yeah. Make it like a corkscrew and it fires you back out the other side. It might not be remotely what Kojima wants to go for, well, um, but I'm curious. He did have that driving track in the DLC, <laughs> didn't he? So <laughs> about the whole racing <laughs> minigame thing. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, it might just end up being like the every game, but I guess we'll see. And the next thing I had down is Wolverine gameplay slash what's next for Insomniac. Um, no, 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 Sucker Punch. No, no, no. Insomniac. Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. I keep getting Sucker Punch and Insomniac mixed up because they seem to be of the same kind of caliber of yeah. like, we love everything that they put out and we want to see what they're going to be doing next. But Wolverine is long overdue. Also, uh, after Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out, I forget the name of the specific developer, but there was a dev that came out just trying to address crunch culture, trying to address the amount of games that they turn over, um, saying that they are very regimented in terms of their turnover, which kind of you know points at the idea that Wolverine is way further along than we think. Right. Um, and I just wonder if that's your next big exclusive thing, either for later this year, Shock Drop. 
because they need to fill out the rest of this calendar anyway. They do, but I think I think they've kind of got enough, you know, especially mm. for this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the two Final Fantasy games to come. We have uh, Spider-Man 2, obviously, and we've yes. had stuff like Forspoken, which didn't do very well. I keep forgetting we that had Burning Shores yes. as well. So they've had quite a stacked year, and they True. might get one or two more in there, but I think they'll save Wolverine, you know? Mm. I want to see it. I want to see what they've been working on. I want to see how it plays. I want to see what style of game they're going for. Mm-hmm. But I think they might save that for a showcase next year. Focus on Spidey this year. This is Spidey's year. Right. Why dilute the messaging, you know what I mean? Get Spidey out the way, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> kind of throw us into Wolverine next year, maybe for a release then or 2025. That's true. They have to walk such a fine line with Marvel stuff as well. I feel like Marvel popularity is just nowhere near what it was when these projects were greenlit. And right. it's like trying to, you know, one of their greatest strengths is saying that it's PlayStation's Wolverine or it's PlayStation Spider-Man and going down that route and not necessarily bothering with MCU stuff, even though at the minute it's on an uptick thanks to Guardians 3. Yes. I kind of wonder how that stuff gets rolled out. You could be totally right that they just don't address Wolverine until it's ready to go. And I want to see it. I wonder if they tease it in the Spider-Man game itself mm. and kind of use that to start the uh, marketing campaign for it and then properly get into the weeds with it next year. Mm. I, I mean, I wouldn't bet against it entirely because they did show both of them in the last conference that we had. Yeah, so it's not yeah. like it's um, untested grounds. You mm. know, they've done this before, but I think I think that Spider-Man will get the focus because right. that's presumably going to get a release date, presumably, presumably going to get gameplay, and it's only a few months out. I think what's kind of crazy is the next Spider-Man game, or even the reboot one, you know, 2018, 2019 one, is a lot of people cite the Spider-Man 2 movie tie-in. as obviously, you know, beat, beat that in terms of exploration, swinging around, whatever. Yeah. That'll be a really good game. And there's a lot of that old game in the Insomniac one. With Wolverine, I feel like their template is the X-Men Origins Wolverine game, the Raven one. Yes. The hack and slash God of War one that had that incredible defamation system with his muscles and bones and everything else. That's what I want them to show off. I don't need them to ape that game entirely, but there were so many awesome design decisions in that game that you can easily just modernize. I think they'll bring some of that stuff over, but mm. I think structurally, I think they might ape either New God of War or Jedi Survivor. I think that uh, kind of... Oh, you not go oh, for that? I don't want more Souls stuff. Well, no, sorry, not Souls. Not souls in the combat. I okay. mean, in the structure of how they... Uh, structure their open worlds. You know, they give you kind of these semi-open worlds to explore that's dense with content. They give you lots of different combat encounters, a couple of skill trees here and there. It's not totally open world, but Mm. it's not as linear as uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine I just, uh, I imagined an over-shoulder camera and another lock-on one-by-one style combat model, which I know you absolutely love. I think that's what we'll go for. Um, But I, for one, I'm getting very sick of it. And so, yeah, I wanted to do something else, something more platinum style, something more, I don't know, Jedi Survivor walks a nice line between the two where you can just cut loose and carve through 20 dudes with a double lightsaber if you want to, um, but there's still the Solzian DNA in there yeah, yeah. in terms of like one-on-one fights and everything. Totally, totally. I don't think they'll n- necessarily adapt that bit mm. of it, but I think like the, I do think they'll go for the uh, now standard over-the-shoulder third-person lock-on <sighs> combat, but have it as spectacular as Jedi Survivors is yes. and God of War Ragnarok's is. Like, they both go for that. True. But even though they're obviously, you know, one is more inspired by Souls than the other, but they're still fast-paced games. They're still stylish mm. games. They still focus on, like, giving you a, a sense of speed and movement and momentum and power. Mm. And I think as long as you nail that element of it, you can kind of still have fun within that space. That's true. Let's talk about Naughty Dog and The Last of Us. Now, we yes, kind of both put these down as things that we, we think will happen. Your side of it, and we'll talk about this first, is The Last of Us Factions. This is the multiplayer standalone game that um, initially sort of started as part of Last of Us 2's rollout, became its own thing. Um, we haven't seen any gameplay for it, but we've seen a lot of sketch work and uh, concept art and stuff for it. Um, you had it down here as a 2024 release day. Uh, what do you think of the, the rollout of Factions in general? I think, you know, this is a game that I'm almost sick of talking about <laughs> because they've teased it since The Last of Us 2 came out, which was three years ago. Horrible. We've seen updates since then, like you said, in, in terms of 
concept art, mm. but we don't really know how it plays. We don't really know what the focus is. We know there's a kind of single player element in there. Mm-hmm. I actually want to see it. I want them to just, you know, cut straight to the point and just give us a gameplay demo, show us what an average match, if it is going to be a match-based system, looks like. Yeah. Uh, show us the world, give us a release date, like commit to it right now. I I think we mentioned this on one of the previous podcasts, but one of the one of, a weird comparison that comes to mind for me is the division. Hmm. The way the division was first shown off, where you're just you're undercover somewhere, you're fighting a bunch of bandits, whatever it is, and someone can beam into your game. Either assumedly in factions, it could be as an enemy or something as well. Um, but yeah, Neil Druckmann slash Naughty Dog have said that it works as a single player game. That they're trying to satisfy that model. No one's ever pulled that off. No. So I'm curious if you can make what in theory is the next Last of Us before we get part three. Maybe that gets teased too. But um, um, you know, tie that in with a, a satisfying enough multiplayer experience. It's kind of what the division was going to be, yeah. in theory. I wonder if they go for a kind of cliched but effective um, method with the trailer mm-hmm. by showing us what looks like the next Last of Us, and it kind of plays out like a single-player level. You know, you're right. just following one person going through a, a densely detailed area full of, you know, infected and humans, and they take them out, and it's got that classic Last of Us mm-hmm. um, gameplay, mm-hmm. and then at the end, like, another person joins in, and it becomes like PV- PvP. Right. In that same space, and then it's revealed to be this multiplayer experience. They kind of give you a one-two punch of, look how detailed this is, combined with, can you believe what you just saw was multiplayer and not single player? I think that would be a way to kind of, um, like I said, it's a little bit cliched, but Um, it is, it's it's cliched for a reason. It's kind of effective. It's an effective way to do it. I'm going to make an ancient reference here, but you remember, was it, I can't even remember the name, Enter the Matrix was the Niobian Ghost game? Yes, PS2. When that game was being previewed, there was a preview back, and I think it was an official PlayStation magazine, but back in the day, um, talking about that game, talking about the gameplay there, how you would be this like you know Matrix super secret agent type dude kicking people in the face, and then one of the enemies that you would down would morph into an agent, and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a boss fight, right. or you're in the middle of something where you need to factor in you know this warped enemy. And I love the idea of that, and so I'm just making that reference for the five of us who care about <laughs> Into the Matrix. But still, I feel like there's something you could do with that idea of you're in a standard Last of Us style encounter, and then yeah, someone beams in, maybe you don't, you're not fully aware of it, kind of like the Soul style encounters, because um, that's one of the best things from Souls that you can bring across the asynchronous yeah. multiplayer stuff. Well, The Last of Us's gameplay is amazing, but mm. for as much as I love The Last of Us Part Two and I love The Last of Us Part Two, uh-huh. I don't think it quite capitalized on what the left behind DLC promised in terms right. of mixing human enemies and infected enemies and having to navigate that. Yeah, and totally. if you throw those two elements in there alongside human players, I think you have really dynamic combat encounters. It'll be an absolute nightmare to program. <laughs> It'll be an absolute nightmare to program, but it's got so much potential and will allow The Last of Us multiplayer experience to mm. differentiate itself from other Battle Royale games or other, other extraction games uh, by you know really centering it in, in this world and allowing you to use the tools at your disposal. I wonder if you'll be able to play as the infected because you'll be up against them anyway and then maybe I can beam in as a bloater. Oh, I don't know. Let me go throw some sacks. I don't know about that. It gets... Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I've never yeah. enjoyed that. Even in Left 4 Dead. The real sack thrower. The real Carry sack on. thrower is logged on. <laughs> No, I mean, they might they might let you do that. That would be really cool. Why not give you more options? It will certainly sell skins if you can customize those infected oh God. in one way or another. I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Skin-based Last of Us multiplayer. Yeah, we're probably going in that direction anyway. I uh, also mentioned here that I think we'll get, well, I hope we'll get Naughty Dog's new IP. Um, There's a whole thing that uh, Naughty Dog's overall turnaround, the amount of different projects that they have on the go at any one time, um, it seems to only be a handful of things. And there was a report that came out a couple of years ago when they were working on The Last of Us 1 remake. Uh, whatever you want to call it, it's pretty much a remake. 
um, that that was given to a wing of the the devs whilst the the Neil Druckmanns or the Halle Grosses or whatever worked on their next thing. Yeah. And whether that's The Last of Us 3 or whether that's the next Naughty Dog IP or whatever, um, yeah, I'm curious what that is. And, like, you know, they've they've kind of talked around the idea of a Last of Us Part 3. It seems like it's going to be happening. Um, but I just want to know what's next from Naughty Dog. This is the longest time they've ever gone without a new IP. And The Last of Us is 10 years old, like, this year. So I'm curious what that is. There was a medieval fantasy game that, quote-unquote, leaked a few years ago where one of their artists put it on. I think it was, like, his... Um, uh, one of his uh, online illustrating profiles that I'm forgetting the website (laughs) but it was online and uh, the idea being that their next project was this medieval fantasy thing which felt like a big swerve from something they've done before definitely yeah Um, the other thing that was rumored was a sci-fi game but I'm going like five six years ago Um, but I think that just kind of came out of the idea that the comics Ellie reads in The Last of Us or Savage Starlight and maybe that hinted at something or whatever either way I just want the screen to go black during the showcase the Naughty Dog logo to come on and it to be something else I just want to know what else is coming from the minds of that team I think everyone does you know at this point it's been three years since the last of us part two we know the last of us factions is in development it has Mm. been for a long time i think everyone's eager to see what they can create next and what they can create for the ps5 Mm. to shift uh you know units i want them to do like a proper one-two punch of announcements i want us to to fool us into thinking we've seen everything (laughs) naughty dog has to offer with factions and a big gameplay reveal and then do exactly what you said right at the end of the show kind of like how insomniac did it a few years ago with Mm. wolverine that nobody was expecting drop the bombshell that you know, Naughty Dog's next IP is coming. Give us a title, maybe give us a tease of the setting and characters, and then like cut to black and maybe end the show on that and be like, that's what you got to look forward to coming 2025 or whenever it is. I wonder, the thing is, like, this is a much wider conversation, but like gut feeling for you where Naughty Dog are in their career, do you think they'll do something else that is as maturely framed as Last of Us, as like, you know, Uncharted 4, or do they do something that is more adjacent to Jack and Daxter slash Crash? I don't necessarily mean a super hyper-colored, high-contrast platformer, but something that is less maudlin and is less shoegazy and whatever do they do something that is a bit more highfalutin no (laughs) i don't think they do i don't think they go as gritty as the last of us still i think that's that's that corner yeah yeah. uh, completely you know monopolized the grit and the trauma and the violence of the last of us get it away is its own thing but i think they might split the difference in the way that uncharted 4 did Mm. and kind of give us mature characters and that doesn't have to mean violent characters or anything Mm. like that just complex characters with you know human emotions but ground that in a spectacular world Mm. that they're great at creating give us over the top action essentially just give us like a proper um, what kind of the MCU used to be where it had like these really great character moments latched onto this larger than life story mm-hmm. uh, with these huge stakes. I think Naughty Dog's great at doing that yeah. and I think it's a great balance to The Last of Us's world to give us something more extravagant something maybe sci-fi focused or fantasy focused but still keeping what we love them for and mm-hmm. I think what a lot of us love them for is that kind of richness of character that mm-hmm. they kind of bring out. I just I, I want them to be like alongside the Sucker Punches, the Insomniacs, I want them to be the team that is making the most of the PS5 and I want to see really fun, extravagant, complex levels that are breaking our minds in terms of how they're rendered. Things like what Respawn do, where you don't realize the whole world is changing, the level's changing behind you until you turn around and you're somewhere else. You whip back around and you're entirely in that new environment. Things where you don't realize the the coding side of it. Um, I think someone like a Naughty Dog could show that off. And it's like when I'm playing through Jedi Survivor um, at 20 frames a second, (laughs) uh, there's a lot of platforming and stuff in there. There's a lot of really complex level design that is just incredibly well done. Um, And I would love them to sort of mix the old school approach to levels that they had in the platforming era with the character writing, like you said, of yeah. 
Uncharted, The Last of Us is. Well, frame it out like with that. With that in mind, they're in a funny position, mm. I think. I, th- I think they're in the same position that Bethesda was in about 2015, right. where they used to be the absolute pinnacle of that kind of technical arena. Like, no one was doing stuff like Naughty Dog was doing stuff. Mm. They were pushing every console to the max. They were, you know, revolutionizing, revolutionizing cinematics and <laughs> facial yeah. technology and animations and all of that stuff. But now all of the other... St- Sony Studios have kind of leveled up and are now competing with them. Your Insomniacs, your Gorilla Games, your Sucker Punches, they're all delivering on that technical side. They're all delivering on that cinematic side. So I don't want Naughty Dog to kind of get complacent or kind of fall away like Bethesda did and kind of lose that crown. I want that to encourage them and kind of push them to see what they can do next with Mm. this uh, console and see how they can innovate in that space again to kind of prove that they are a cut above uh, the, the, not the competition, but their peers. No, that's the thing. They, they are that team that shows off what a system can do, and we're yet to see that with the PS5. They will be perfect for it. Um, next one down is, um, you wrote down Bungie's new IP, um, and we don't know, like, you know, speaking of Sony devs and everything, we don't know what Bungie are doing next in no. terms of, like, you know, they were acquired by Sony, they're working on something else, the trademark for the, the name Matter was uh, was registered a few years ago. Um, but yeah, what do you think we get from Bungie? Well, Scott Telford, I want to keep this one <laughs> short, because okay. I have no idea what Bungie is doing, right? <laughs> they're 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 a weird anomaly in the Sony kind of ecosystem. They were obviously bought, mm. but they're still running independent. Their next games are going to be multi-platform still. They're not making PlayStation 5 exclusives mm. or even PlayStation exclusives. So I think we'll see what they're kind of um, making right now. I think it'll be a new IP. I think it'll be a shooter, of mm. course. Whether it's third person or first person, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, a third person bungee shooter. But I think it'll kind of make history mm. by being like a big multi-platform game from a Sony first-party team that we've just never seen before. And I think that will kind of prove that we're we're edging towards the future in a way where things aren't like they used to be. It's not is, your daddy's Sony anymore. No, is that what Jim Ryan's talking about with Total Mindshare? Do you get a PlayStation logo in front of stuff that's on the Switch that's in front of stuff on the Xbox? And they had that with MLB The Show um, on, like on Xbox. You still had a PlayStation logo on there. So yeah. I wonder. That may be a way to go. But yeah, Bungie's worth keeping an eye on because um, there's the, a the whole stuff that happened with them where they were bought largely for their multiplayer netcode, so assumedly they are doing something that's more multiplayer focused. Obviously that's their bread and butter, but Halo to Destiny to what? Like, what's that next thing? Yeah. Um, that could be interesting. I wrote down Pragmata, um, which is a multi-platform game from Capcom. It was initially shown off back when the PS5 was first revealed um, at the very end of 2020, and I th- initially thought it was a Death Stranding type thing, because the dude, the astronaut that's in it looks a bit like the Kojima mascot. Um, we've not seen anything from this game since then, um, and the fact that it's multi-platform might mean that they don't want to focus on it too much here, um, but I'm curious. Like, that's one of those games that that is one of the only things left from that initial salvo of yeah. PS5 games that hasn't been followed up on. Like Capcom announcing Deep Down and Capcom announcing Pragmata is like the same thing <laughs> for me at this point. Both at the start of a console generation, both yeah. the, show, the new tech of what these consoles can do, and then you never see them again. And you have no idea what happened to them. And then we're writing about Pragmata in 10 years' time, like, whatever happened to that well, game? I, I wrote down, I think I deleted it from my notes, but I wrote down, it was Andy Robinson from Video Games Chronicles said that Deep Down was in like a largely finished state or something, um, but they just didn't come out. Can they? Whatever it is. But yeah, that was 10 years ago. And that game obviously wowed a lot of people graphically. It was very impressive. It was like the demon souls of its day in terms yeah. of the remake, in terms of the visual side, uh, side of it. Um, but yeah, it feels like Capcom had a couple of, they'd sort of test the irons in the fire and then they just don't bother following them all the way through. No. So I guess we'll see. But I'm just, I'm noting down Pragmata or something that could happen. It would kind of be uncharacteristic for modern day Capcom to just ignore it though, I think. Mm. Like they've, they've been on such a hot streak with their big franchises, Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah. I want to see them make a new IP 
with the same care and attention that they've given their established franchises. Mm. And I mean, from the stuff that we've already shouted out so far, there's a lack of new IP that yes. we're talking about. You know, we've only got a couple. So yeah, I want to see something kind of fresh and something a little bit new. Speaking of big Capcom franchises, you had down Resident Evil 4 VR and also the Separate Ways DLC being yes. revealed. Yes, I did, Scott Tilford. <laughs> Last year, or maybe even the year before, they announced yeah. that there was going to be a VR component for Resi 4. That just started development a month or so before Resident Evil 4 Remake came out, so I don't expect to see it anytime soon, but I would like to see some kind of update or maybe some kind of trailer of how that game runs in VR, because mm-hmm. just to please me, because this, this showcase should be built around my interests and my needs. <laughs> that said, I do sack think... Sack off Spider-Man, yeah? <laughs> Give you Resident yeah, Evil 4 yeah, again. Sack off yeah. Spider-Man. That's not your sister seller. <laughs> it's Resident Evil. No, I also think we'll see separate ways as well. That was heavily teased in the core game, mm-hmm. not to give you any specific spoilers, but they literally dropped the phrase separate ways that uh. is said pointedly at a certain point. Right. And there are a few cut areas from the game that a lot of people on the internet are assuming will be used in a separate ways DLC to expand it a little bit and to get those fan favorite elements in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's inevitable that it's happening. And I think a few months out of the Resident Evil 4 launch window mm-hmm. is the time to announce it. And Resident Evil has historically been associated with Sony, so True. it probably won't be an exclusive or anything like, anything like that. But if it's going to be anywhere, I think it'll be at Sony's uh, conference. It also means that Capcom can dodge talking about, like I said, the many irons in the fire, the many IPs that they could be talking about yeah. as a new thing. Now, in the words of Alan Parrish, can I shock you? <laughs> yeah, you can. Good. Uh, I want to do a thing that sounds ridiculous, but I just, you know, why not? If you're going to go big, you might as well go big. Go why not a new Metal Gear Solid exclusive? to the PlayStation 5 from Hideo Kojima himself. Now, himself. I have reasons. I have reasons for this. Adam Nicholas celebrating in the corner. I agree. Um, I think that it's worth pointing out that Silent Hill 2's remake is PlayStation exclusive for 12 months. I think it's worth pointing out that um, Konami have been rumored to be doing a deal with um, Sony in, in regards to New Castlevania, New Silent Hill, New Metal Gear Solid. I think it's worth pointing out that Hideo Kojima on Twitter has been talking a hell of a lot about Metal Gear Solid. Is that because he's going back to his design docs for Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3, thinking about what he might do for a new Metal Gear Solid? I think, I think that man spent his entire life trying to get away from Metal Gear. <laughs> he's not going back. He's he got is. his own stuff to do now. I think he's having the same... Do you see that Martin Scorsese interview at the weekend yes. where he was like, oh, now I'm old and I'm I old. don't have time to tell the stories I want to tell. I think Kojima's probably thinking about that after 30 years with Metal Gear. He's finally got Death Stranding in the works. He's finally got that established. He's got other stuff, potentially a horror game to come. Right. I don't think that man is going back to Metal Gear unless it's as a consultant. I think I... they might be able to get him in that capacity, okay. but as a director... Oh, I don't know, man. I'm just, the thing is, I don't think he was trying to get away from Metal Gear. I think he was trying to get away from Konami. Right. I think there's a whole, I think there is a worthwhile split there, even though I agree. I mean, he was literally writing Metal Gear Solid 4 and aging Snake to literally kill the guy because he's like, <laughs> stop making me do these games. Um, so I totally get that. Um, I just think that it's, uh, it's it's definitely banana sandwich ridiculous uh, pick, but I feel like you have a Hideo Kojima that has a very good relationship with Sony. You have these deals that seem to be going on with Konami. It makes business sense on Konami's side to let someone else do all the heavy lifting and take care of Kojima and do his ridiculous budgetary side of things yeah. um, and all they need to do is sit back and go that IP belongs to us where's my check I know it's practically ancient history at this mm. point all the way back in 2015 but the bad blood between Kojima and Konami was so strong it was. at the time I don't know if those wounds would have necessarily healed and I think they must know that if they did announce this mm. 
that's the first thing that people will be asking about, right? They'll be like, well, what happened previously? <laughs> I, I don't think Konami is at the point yet to paint themselves as the bad guys. Mm. And that's how they would come across in this situation because it would be absolutely marketed by fans and pundits online as a kind of um, reclamation of the franchise yeah. by uh, Kojima. And I just don't know if they'll give him that. I just don't <laughs> know if they would want that to be the narrative around a new Metal Gear game. Right. I'm, I just, I'm curious. The, the Konami that exists back in 2015 I don't think is the same version now because yeah. of the amount of inroads they've been making back into their IPs the amount of effort that was put into that Silent Hill live stream there was way more on that than just a couple of dudes in a room with a camera it felt nicely produced and um, we have all the different um, you know collections they put out for Castlevania or for TMNT it feels like they care whoever's leading the charge now at Konami at least cares a bit about video games um, and I'm just yeah I'm curious as opposed to Pachinko and everything and I was just I was just like what's the most out there thing that there's a little bit of each part of that the Konami side of it the Kojima side of it the Sony side of it there's enough there that if they did say that was happening I'd yeah. be like okay I can see how that came together I will give you I do think they will make a Metal Gear Solid 6 yeah. or definitely a proper sequel a proper continuation of that franchise I just and, I, and Kojima might even be involved man I just can't <laughs> see him there as a director I can right. see them wanting his name on the project in some way because mm. it gives it validity it gives it authenticity it makes it separate to Metal Gear Survive mm-hmm. but I just think about that game oh yeah, my yeah, gosh. yeah yeah yeah, okay. I just think it's a big step from being a consultant or even an executive producer to being the man in charge of mm. it. That's 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 the that's the jump I can't quite see, but it would be insane, right? And it I, would absolutely just, break everything, yeah. and we would go nuts for it. Yeah, something like that. Because the thing I, I can't get around the fact that when um you know when they when Sony acquired Hideo Kojima, I just have to imagine that was because they want the next major franchise from him, the next Metal Gear franchise. Doesn't have to be Metal Gear, but I feel like they want something from Kojima that is more in that wheelhouse, not the mountain climbing game that is Death Stranding. Even though we all love it. That, I'm just going down complete cynical business mind. Yeah. I don't think they acquired him to make that. And so I'm just curious, can, can you lock him into something that is more Metal Gear style going forward, even if it's like five years away or something? So I'm curious about that. Let's finish on um, Ghost of Tsushima 2. Now this is something that Jeff Grubb, as the, that's how big of an announcement Ghost of Tsushima 2 would be, sending ructions through the studio. Hi. Yeah, Hi. I'm going to go for this, right? Because yes. Jeff Grubb, obviously, like you said, said it wasn't going to happen. Yes. But I'm going to say it is. And I don't have the sources that Jeff Grubb has. I've just got a gut feeling. And I feel like that's, that's all you need. the thing that's got to be in production, right? Yes. Like, I, I hope that Jeff Grubb is having us on and just trying to make us lower our expectations. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's really he's well he's on. He's on the take. And I'm sure yeah. he's completely right when I'm completely wrong. But I kind of want to manifest this into existence. I right. want to make it happen because it's been three years since Ghost of Tsushima 1. Mm-hmm. That's about enough time for me for them to have a sequel quite far in development. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll be out this year. It might not even hit next year, but I think with the big hitters that are going to be out the way now, like I said, your Final Fantasy's out the way, your God of War already done, your Horizon already done, they're Mm -hmm. not getting sequels anytime soon, Spider-Man about to come out. I think now is the time to move on to your like most, the, the franchise that you have with the most potential, and that's Ghost of Tsushima, and it just, to me, it makes too much sense. <laughs> but Grub's telling me I'm wrong, so I'm probably wrong. Grub also thinks, as part of the Games Match podcast that he put up, saying that the Kotal remake will never come out. So yes. we'll, we'll see what happens with all those things. With Ghost of Tsushima, the reason I think it will happen this year is mm. because it's it's a promise of of longevity for the console. It's what you're looking forward to going into the next yeah, year, you yeah. know what I mean? And Sony doesn't have to announce that now. They could have another showcase this time next year that gets people hyped mm. for it then and gets people buying a console for it then. But I think, you know, I think we've got this year covered. I think we've got this year down to a T, a lot of great things to look forward to, a lot of reasons to buy a PlayStation 5. But what's next year? You know what I mean? And Vim the only thing, <laughs> Spider-Man VR maybe. And what's the thing that we're, we would be looking forward 
forward to, it would be Ghost to Sush number two. It would. That, like you said, that makes the most sense. That is also one of their newest IPs that managed to take the F off, unlike yeah. a Destruction All-Stars or whatever. Um, so it is very it is very much worth keeping up with that stuff. Um, but yeah, we will see what happens with the showcase. It is on Wednesday night. Um, and so that's going to be, I think, 9 p.m. for us UK time. Certainly so is. So we're going to mop that up and then we'll do some videos afterwards. So come uh, check out the channel later on UK time and we'll, uh, we'll wrap up whatever shenanigans come from this showcase. Um, for now, though, this has been the Wonder Podcast. Please subscribe to the What Culture Gaming Podcast overall. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always a pleasure to be seen by all of you, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.